Welcome to Book Rising, a podcast by the Radical Books Collective. Welcome to Book Rising. My name is Bhakti Shringarpure and I'm the creative director of the Radical Books Collective and your host for today. We recently organized our very first immersive Radical Foundation seminar convened by Dr. Suraj Yangde on Baba Saheb Ambedkar's groundbreaking book, The Annihilation of Caste. Annihilation of Caste was originally written in 1936 as a speech which Ambedkar was subsequently forbidden from delivering. He went on to self-publish this text and it soon became a powerful and gut-wrenching indictment of India's caste system rooted in the violence of Hindu scriptures. It has endured as one of the singularly most important books today. Our expert facilitator is Dr. Suraj Yangde and he is one of India's leading scholars and public intellectuals. He is the author of the bestseller Caste Matters and co-editor of the award-winning anthology The Radical in Ambedkar. Caste Matters was featured in the prestigious best non-fiction books of the decade list by the Hindu. And Caste Matters is also being translated in seven languages. Yangde is a senior fellow at Harvard University and is also part of the founding team of the Initiative for Institutional Anti-Racism and Accountability. He also runs a monthly Ambedkar lecture series at Harvard. He has received his PhD at the University of Witwatersrand in Johannesburg, South Africa, and is an international human rights attorney by qualification from India and the UK. Yangde has a prolific record for publications in the form of essays, articles, book reviews in multiple languages in English as well as his mother tongue Marathi. He was nominated for India's highest literary award, the Sahitya Academy, and is the recipient of the Dr. Ambedkar Social Justice Award and the Rohit Vemula Memorial Scholar Award. His collaborations with philosopher Cornell West have received global attention and call for unity between African Americans and Dalits. He is also the convener of the Dalit Film Festival as well as the India for Diversity movement. Suraj Yangde's forthcoming books are Caste: A New History of the World and a biography of Dr. B.R. Ambedkar, both of which are forthcoming in 2022. We are so privileged and honored to welcome Dr. Suraj Yangde to take us through this groundbreaking work by B.R. Ambedkar, The Annihilation of Caste. Thank you, uh, thank everyone, for, for tuning in. Um, allow me to extend my warmth uh, to people uh, who have uh, managed to stay awake. Some people have uh, managed to sacrifice their weekend afternoons or brunch in various time zones that you are at to listen uh, to uh, about a speech that was never heard and it makes it uh, even more pertinent especially uh, as 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 we revisit some of these conversations um, as and when we are lost in the labyrinth of finding solutions to uh, the problem that the world is facing today not just south asia Uh, let alone India, and we will uh, dig deep uh, into it. Uh, but before that, uh, props to the Radical Books Collective uh, and the wonderful team, uh, not least from the Warscapes magazine uh, that we have been reading, 
phenomenally, but also Bhakti in particular to you uh, for the leadership and also trying to bring uh, different courageous dialogues together, uh, be it Middle East, be it Africa, uh, India, South Asia, and, and, and expanding furthermore uh, to, the, to the global axis. Uh, in addition uh, to Bhakti, I also would like to uh, shout out to friends who are here, who have joined. Uh, please know I appreciate you and also to the friends that we will make. Annihilation of caste uh, is a text about caste, but it's a, it's a very unlikely text. Uh, it is not a text that is uh, concerned solely with uh, defining caste. It's not a text that is invested in ascribing a particular understanding of caste, or even it is not a text that is solely invested uh, in propounding uh, the ethics, morality, and hermeneutics of caste. Annihilation of caste, as the title goes, is about annihilating caste. So it's, it's, it's a phenomenal exegesis where a text itself begins with a proclamation that the topic I am going to deal with is not going to be about the um, discussions that we want to have, but it is about a text that needs, uh, it's about a concept that needs to be annihilated. And, and I think this is a, a foregrounding of Ambedkar's genius, which he brings so eloquently, not least in Annihilation of Caste, but also other marvelous texts. Uh, we are still digging into his archive. Uh, I was just looking at a text of Fanon's uh, Alienation and Freedom, where much more much of his writings are still coming out. Ambedkar surpasses uh, much of those uh, um, written work uh, monographs, and there are yet many more to come. When we, uh, annihilation of caste is a state of arrival uh, and it, 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 it's a stage. Uh, we need to uh, read back as to what led that uh, text, uh, in fact, sonic uh, to, to, to come. Uh, Ambedkar uh, by 19, uh, early, especially 1919, South Boro Commission establishes himself as a, a foremost, if not the most, uh, important leaders of the untouchables and someone who is fighting for the social uh, uh, justice as well as political and economic reforms in India. A young uh, age uh, comes back uh, from his overseas uh, trip uh, with stops in uh, Colombia, his alma mater, and LSE, his alma mater. At LSE, uh, Ambedkar writes his DSC in economics, uh, very much inspired during the time, tries to uh, Enroll for his third PhD, uh, the two PhDs being first at Columbia, second at LSC, third at University of Bonn. And what he wants to do at Bonn, Germany is the center of sociological and ideological studies, one of the leading uh, 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 institutions of the time that was studying seriously uh, the Hindu uh, uh, theology as well as uh, languages and, and language of the Oriental at Bonn, so he, he admits himself and fluent himself, writes him a CV uh, in a German language. Uh, he was a polyglot. Uh, we could trace 11 languages that he was, uh, he had excelled uh, into. Uh, one of the language actually ended up uh, reproducing as a dictionary the, of, the, of the Pali canon uh, into, into, into English. Brief biography of Ambedkar. Ambedkar is the 14th and the last child of uh, Ramuji uh, Ramji Sapkar 
and and bhima bai uh, both mother and father come from military background uh, in fact mother is a daughter of the uh, the then mahar uh, uh, military gentry and ramji sapkar of course is also serving um, uh, in in the british army now, he is a teacher uh, teaching english language uh, he is uh, uh, elevated to the rank of subedar military institution is one uh, an exciting uh, uh, space for untouchables uh, to not only access the bohemia uh, but also uh, to consider uh, them their worth uh, equal to uh, their value not equal to their caste and and this is one of the uh, very few institutions that was giving um, uh, incredible amount of support albeit limited nevertheless it it offered opportunities for people from the untouchable backgrounds uh, to stand tight wear nice clothes trim their hair where uh, they uh, where it was prevalent that if the if there is a social boycott um, no barber will even cut the hair of untouchables they have to uh, it's 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 a, it's a social boycott it's the ostracization and that's why caste system becomes so pernicious because the punishment of caste is not against individual but it is against the community so institution in the military offered that support ambedkar is born uh, in the military headquarters of war in now what we call mahu uh, madhya pradesh he is the 14th and last child youngest child his mom dies shortly after his birth um, but his father himself uh, being a strict disciplinarian uh, inducts ambedkar uh, his beloved last son who was motherless uh, child uh, into into proper care and 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 giving him uh, knowledge and information uh, of various world uh, 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 literatures uh, not least the english but he's he's also asking ambedkar to read Ma, uh, ramayana and mahabharata why is that so because he says within ramayana and mahabharata canon there are some shudras and untouchables who have proudly claimed their identity and fought against that there is a a glimmer of hope that uh, uh, ramji sees in that and ramji himself is a kabir panthi kabir uh, the flow of beautiful river like thoughts who really brings out uh, the best of humanity for us to witness very much continuing the legacy of of ravidas so that being the background of ambedkar's kind of foundation ambedkar is then uh, uh, becoming becomes the first untouchable to graduate uh, uh, 10th grade he, he matriculates the first untouchable in the bombay region to ever graduate uh, is is ambedkar not least that he he, he goes on to pursue uh, his his ba in the prestigious elphinstone college in bombay which still stands today uh, which is again uh, one of the important locations of education and knowledge during british raj in the in the western uh, region of india where he gets ba and he's again facilitated now here's the thing when ambedkar graduates in his 10th grade 10th standard as we call the untouchables of local community decide to facilitate him because no one ever had graduated with a 10th grade so that's the kind of uh, they wanted to celebrate his father of course refuses saying this will go into his head and you know we want him to uh, pursue nevertheless the event happens and ambedkar not stops only there goes on to pursue uh, his masters at columbia uh, then the, the top institution of learning especially of the of again uh, the world and as well as the oriental 
So with this background, when Ambedkar comes onto the stage, 1930s is a very important decade for him because he is now not only asking the 1919 formula he proposed about communal award, about proportional representation of communities, where India is a cosmos. It's, it's a cosmopolitan mixture of different religions and religions were given adequate attention. But those people who belong didn't belong to either religion. What about their status? Meaning, if you're a Muslim, if you're a Sikh, or even if you're an Anglo-Indian, you had a proportional representation. But if you are an untouchable, it was given that you are part of a Hindu order, which means you did not need an adequate or proportional representation because you are part of the Hindu. So don't ask for extra because Muslims and Sikhs are a different faith. You are still untouchable. Ambedkar is the only person of the times who makes as sharp and precise arguments to say that untouchables form a different unit than the Hindus. So the precursor of Ambedkar's arrival of annihilation of caste is the political fight that he has already waged in 1919. And he has been consistently experimenting about the politics of future for when it comes to reforming Hinduism, but also uplifting uh, the untouchable uh, castes, which then were 50 million. And, and, and today, the number is, of course, uh, sixfold uh, when we calculate all other religions in, in this space. 1930, Ambedkar is invited to Roundtable Conference. He goes as a representative of Untouchables. And then in 1931, again, there is a second Roundtable Conference. And in 1932, finally, Ramsay MacDonald, the then uh, uh, Prime Minister of Britain, awards what he calls communal award. Which is, which, is, which is meant to recognize untouchables as a separate unit, which needs political protection, also which needs political representation like the Muslim Sikhs and other groups. To oppose this, Gandhi, the famed Mahatma, goes on a hunger strike. He threatens uh, the world, most importantly Ambedkar, that if you claim an independent sovereign status for the untouchables, I will give my life. I will commit uh, a suicide and then you are to blame. Ambedkar uh, doesn't budge because he has toiled and sweated. 1932, Puna Pact is signed. It's a coercion. Ambedkar is forced into signing. And instead of uh, the separate electorates, which would have given much more guaranteed of rights, Ambedkar gets uh, what they call uh, 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 reservation of seats. And, and, and in fact, he gets more seats than what was decided. 1935, Ambedkar comes on stage at Yola. He's frustrated. 1935, Yola conference, he says, I was born a Hindu, but be sh I will make sure I will not die one. So Ambedkar has already made his, his intentions amply clear. He's not going to, uh, he's, he's renouncing his, the faith that he was born into. All other religion uh, 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 proponents ap approach Ambedkar and say, if you are, you know, it's a 50 million people are coming into faith, it will be Sikhs come, Muslims come, Christians come, even Buddhist, a delegation of Buddhist monks visit him during that time. When Ambedkar announces that 50 million untouchable will leave Hinduism, that will really break the hierarchical order of Hindu Varnashrama Dharma, which is Hindu canon, Hindu religion. Because if you remove the feet, it's going to collapse. And in order to protect that, the progressive reformation group called Arya Samaj, formed by Swami Dayanand Saraswati, comes on stage, which is to exhort the, uh, the dominant caste uh, to give away certain practices so as to give equal status to the untouchables as part of this Arya Samaj, Jat, Path, Todak, Mandal.
Now, if you translate it in English, uh, it is jat path, caste and etc. Or or caste uh, uh, um, path is 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 almost used as it's 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 a linguistic arrangement. It's it's a uh, it's a it's a Urdu semi Urdu Hindustani word jat path todak breaking. So breaking of caste uh, conference or breaking breaking of caste group uh, a group that is form of uh, uh, 18 at uh, times 19 members almost all belong to the dominant caste except one uh, the one who belongs to the shudra caste and at times his caste is recognized untouchable is the figure santram santram is the secretary of jatpat todak mandal and a very educated erudite person reaches out his first letter and that's how ambedkar starts his phenomenal text now the text has to be understood with three prominent idea three prominent uh, locus locus or loci one idea sphere two the power of the strength or power of words and third the ability of sonic the power of sonic when ideas are developed into the mind they need to be they need they need a space they need either a audience which is verbally which is sonically receptive or readership and i which will which will which will go through the idea so that there is a completion of idea idea cannot remain with with only uh, the, the 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 person who is originating it fulfills its purpose when it is gone out and beyond into the world idea sphere in this case is annihilation of caste. The idea about annihilating of caste is existing in Ambedkar since he is experienced humiliating treatments since he was in grade five. Ever since Ambedkar is thinking about how to annihilate caste. So annihilation of caste is not just a text that has coming because Jatpa Todak Mandal has invited. That is major part of it. But the concept, the idea of, 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 of providing or deciphering uh, the, the Hindu caste system is already existing. Then Ambedkar puts down in his lyrical prose, a, a very uh, calling no spade a spade, a strict scholar with two PhDs uh, and, 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 and couple masters, uh, already several books uh, to his credit. He, he's, he's not there to be coerced. So he writes down the word, but annihilation of caste was never meant to be heard. The fortune of listening uh, to the thunderous and, and, and to, the, to the elocution to the amazing performance of Dr. Ambedkar, who has the capacity, who had, who would, who would move the masses, uh, who were in hundred thousands. We can, we know that, especially when he gave Yevla address, but also when he converted to Buddhism in 1956, uh, people would cry. People would have all this emotions, strong sense of belonging. And it's not only people that belong to his caste, people belonging across uh, the spectrum. Ambedkar's voice was never meant to be heard. Why would it be? Because an untouchable, an untouchable thinking is itself a sin in a Vedic Hindu order. Because according to the Manu Smritis, uh, untouchable is, 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 is prohibited from even accessing uh, to education, let alone producing or thinking his own idea that will eventually become knowledge. And then delivering the sermon from a pulpit of responsibility and exhorting, almost accusing and, and, and putting the blame on dominant caste was, was unheard before. 
And and so if the speech would have been delivered, all India Radio, Associate Press, and the other foreign representatives would perhaps taken that record and and, and spread it across the world. As we know, during the times of anti-colonial struggle, much of these tapes were spread across within the anti-colonial world. Uh, today, what we call Global South or pre, or the preceding term of the Third World. So this text, to begin with, was not meant to be written, let alone delivered, or even published so ambedkar here so what we are reading is is something that we should not have had happened what we are dealing with is that was not meant to happen so this is a very a poetic justice of the time scale that we are currently uh, witnessing through annihilation of caste now we cannot get the essence of this highly important and i say it's clairvoyant text uh, without hearing one of the greatest persuasive speakers uh, who would have delivered with his handsome pitch, boisterous confidence, and of course, at times, delivery of each sentence would 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 reverberate with applause, or at times, skirmishes by the audience who is listening to him. So now, what do we do with a text that started as a censor, and it was not a censorship by the colonial state; it was by the Brahminical state, which is a para state that was existing, and so that's why the twin colonization colonizers within the Indian context or South Asia was, of course, one was the British Raj and the, the permanent colonizer, the Brahminical or what we call Brahmin Raj that existed. Now, this text is also not repeated. Ambedkar is not the kind of guy who will keep citing this text. You will not see annihilation of caste being cited by Ambedkar in subsequent text. The third edition, the second edition comes in 1937. The third uh, edition comes in 1944. Ambedkar uh, uh, provides as to how much in demand, this text was within two months, he said his thousand uh, copies have, have been exhausted. And we have to understand, like we understood with the magazine crisis, uh, within the uh, 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 counter public sphere, uh, people uh, couldn't buy. So it was recycled. Like today, when we share our articles, it's a recycling of ideas. So, and it was meant to be in multiple languages. Santaram reaches out, says, Dear Dr. Sahib, calling a Sahab, a sir. Untouchable, but to you have to now understand what that signifies. It means we are humbled to your knowledge, Dr. Ambedkar. We are progressive uh, uh, people within the uh, coming out of the Orthodox Hindu fold. Dear Dr. Saab, dear Dr. Saab, would you give us an opportunity to engage with you on a topic that we think is very important? Why is it important? Because Ambedkar has already said, I'm living Hinduism. They are trying to say, maybe we can convince him perhaps to reconsider some of his uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 possibilities uh, in, in, in a way that can, that can look at this in a critical form, let alone providing more opportunities for Ambedkar-like people. The text can be divided into seven parts, broadly seven parts. The first is uh, about uh, uh, hearing the untouchable voices, not untouchable or untouchable, it's, it's untouchable voices. It is, it is somebody putting that disability, but yet now coming to a state of having no other option but to now listen uh, to what this person is saying. Now, one of the purposes of the Arya Samaj or, or the Jatma Todok Mandal, as some of us understood is, was trying to uh, invite Ambedkar to their platform. And when you invite someone, the person is in a way indirectly responsible to, uh, to, to kind of following the order or, or, or the decorum of the progressive. Ambedkar is not you know, what we call 
a, a person who 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 is uh, Uncle Tom of equivalent. He's not. He is there to liberate his people. He's on a serious business. The second is reforms. Ambedkar is very much concerned about reforms. He's concerned about social reform. He's concerned about political reform. He's concerned about economic reform. And those three reforms are actually the political uh, formations of the time. Indian National Congress, the party formed by the elites of Muslims and, and Hindus, mostly Brahmins, uh, was there uh, to at least start as a club of educated elites and then eventually it became as a political reformation. But then people like Ranade, who proposed another progressive Brahmin, Ambedkar uh, appreciates his work. Uh, Ranade uh, come, comes out, comes across as, as one of the uh, greatest proponents of, 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 of a certain ideology of progressivism and again doesn't limit himself, wants to have social reform. Social reform preceding to political reform. And he ends up forming Indian National Social Congress or Indian National uh, Social Conference. And the third is economic reform, and this is directed to socialists and the communists of the era. So Ambedkar is trying to look at the question of caste through these three uh, uh, predominant ideologies, political, economic, as well as social. The third is, uh, can be identified as critique of caste reason. Ambedkar provides a, a, a nuanced critique of the reasons that the castes uh, or caste protectors uh, give. Ambedkar is not shy about providing or providing justice to the point of view uh, from the naysayers, yet uh, bringing up uh, his own uh, interpretation and reading and Ambedkar has citations to give. Now the, the, the texts he cites, uh, especially Bhagavad Gita or Smritis, uh, Gandhi uh, critics, he said, he has used a, a text that doesn't, you know, is, is invalidated text. He might have cited the Hindu canon, but that doesn't belong in Ambedkar. Says, Hold up. I actually cited Bal Gangadhar Tilak, the Orthodox Brahmin who didn't believe in social reform, but wrote a book on, on, on the Bhagavad Gita, known as Gita Rahasya. When he was, when he was lodged in prison for six years, uh, that's when he uh, published that book. And eventually it was, uh, uh, you know, republished in multiple languages. A fourth is the deadline for Hinduism. The annihilation of caste provides a deadline for Hinduism. He says, if you don't do it, uh, we will have to write an epitaph very soon, unless you resolve this. The fifth point of view is the liberal interpretation of caste, which is Chatur Varnia, which was basically saying, okay, we don't like caste system, Jati, caste is Jati, we don't like that. We believe in Chatur Varnia, which is basically a liberal form yeah. of saying, we, you know, it's, we, we don't, we, we don't, we don't, we don't believe in, uh, to, to put it in, in, in a sense, we don't believe in racism, but we believe in the structure of a, some, some sort of a, a color supremacy or color gradation, you know, at the end of the day. So, so that's, that's, that's what, that's what uh, Ambedkar then picks on the concept and Gandhi is a proponent of Chatur Varnia. He's a proponent of this equivalent of a color type of supremacy, where he says the classes needs to be divided for a proper functioning of society. The sixth is plurality of caste, not least to Hindu, but also among Sikhs and Muslims. Because caste is not, and, and Ambedkar uses, Hindus have fouled the hair so bad that caste has now migrated to other religion. But then he makes a fundamental difference between why Sikh uh, community, uh, why Muslims uh, differ from caste as opposed to the caste existing amongst the Hindus. Because he says there's the, the lifeline of uh, caste for Hindus is caste, whereas for Muslims and Sikh, it don't begin. That's not their concept. It has been incorporated, but that was not the genesis. And when you ask a Sikh or a Muslim what you are, they will tell themselves that they are 
Muslims or they are Sikh, they will not go identifying their subcaste. Of course, now it has changed. Now it has become much more of a subcaste in politics. There has become a Jat Sikh, Ramgadia Sikh, Ramdiyaja Sikh, Ravidasi. Then we also find that in Ashraf, Pasmanda, and 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 the and, and the and the khatik and various kind of categorizations among Sikh. But when Ambedkar was saying he was making uh, not that it didn't exist then, but it was not as as prevalent. But for Hindus, uh, it is it is very much an, a soul of 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 its of its order. And and of course, the last is what do we provide as a remedy? The remedy in in this case is Ambedkar says you need to destroy. You need to apply dynamite to what? To the beliefs. And where do these beliefs come from? Ambedkar says, people who practice caste are not wrong. They are merely doing what they have been asked to do. Because the faith is so strong that people can move mountain. A pauper, but who has saffron clad or who has a religious kind of intonation is being revered by millions. And he gives example of you know, all the sages and monks who are in India. What is it? That is inspiring the belief within or in, in caste system within the Hindu order. Ambedkar says these are the Shastras and the Vedas. Shastras and Vedas, he finds no reason to exist. They need to be altered, they need to be, they need to be reformed. And for that reformation, you need to start. And this is a very interesting concept where he says you need to apply dynamite. By applying dynamite to that, you might reform Hinduism. So Ambedkar is still trying to make a case, but it is not taken because uh, if you destroy this, there is no, there is no way one can, one can progress. And finally, Ambedkar says, I think the possible answer which he gave in 1934 is conversion out of the religion. Now we'll go with some basic major points within the text, and then we'll invite uh, conversations ab 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 about, about this. Uh, now, one of the things we have to, we have to understand is that Ambedkar is very clear. He says, I don't like to go to Hindu audience or Hindu platforms. I don't trust them. Why, why shall I go? Upon much insistence. So when Jatpat Todak Mandal approaches Ambedkar, that me, dear Dr. Sahib, would you like to come? Ambedkar says, I don't have time. Go away. I don't want to do. Because Ambedkar is like, what I'm going to do to you? Just come and say, and you are still believe you are going to negate my thoughts. I don't want to waste my time. Then they send their representative who after six days of torturous travel from Lahore, uh, to, who comes down to Bombay to have a meeting and Ambedkar is okay, fine. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will be happy to, happy to do it. But uh, we will need, uh, we need to print. So please give your speech in advance. And Ambedkar certainly gives. Now, as Ambedkar says, and this is very important and, 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 and uh, from his text I say, he says, and I quote, as a rule, <laughs> he says, as a rule, I do not like to take any part in a movement which is carried on by caste Hindus. I don't want to do anything with this. I, I have my rules. I have my principles. Let me leave by. And why? Because their attitude towards social reform is so different. So different. So tangentially on a different plane than mine. That I have find it very difficult to pull on with them. I want to, don't want to waste my time. And Ambedkar is not like first time dealing with caste Hindus. He had dealt with uh, people uh, within uh, the, the political party of any formed independent labor party prior to that with Gandhi. And of course, uh, uh, during the 1920s, important decades when he was leading the movement for entry uh, into Kalaram or Mahat Satyagraha, considered one of the first civil rights uh, movements of caste liberation in the Indian 
context now now why does ambedkar decline ambedkar is very particular where shall he spend his time and energy because as you will see when he when when the episode of uh, ambedkar's withdrawal from the or ambedkar rather rejects going to but it went after lot of back and forth he said it has come with lot of uh, a pain on my health ambedkar had to sit had to work and had to put together this text so it was really impacting his health it was really impacting his uh, of course you would say mental and physical health at the same time when he was undergoing through agonies so when ambedkar has to do something of this sort we have to understand that ambedkar is not just simply sitting and writing a text he is also undergoing much of the labor much of the pain that he has to undergo and that's why uh, you know where 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 will a where will a messiah where will a moses uh, where will a jesus or will a muhammad put his energy will he, will they put energy with their people or will they put energy with the naysayers and the answer uh, has shown in history that it has to start with your people and then you know of course they will uh, they will they will they will have it now this jatpat todak mandal is already trying to coax ambedkar into coercions because when ambedkar has written this text and he's already given the statements the supporters of the jatpat todak mandal the dominant caste hindus are now want to leave the organization and want to boycott but jatpat todak mandal also wants to go and how cleverly some might use shrewdly some might use the word crookedly they say they say the mandal has earned or the question has earned a bad name because of all of this happened so under these circumstances dr saab it becomes your duty to cooperate with the mandal how insidious is that that first you invite a person and then the person is refusing to burst down you bring it upon yourself and then you say it's your duty to cooperate with us by removing the section that we find disfavorable to our audience but ambedkar was also from his true metal child of ramji and bhima bai the great uh, mahars as well as the people who belonged to the warrior clan you know he was a fighter nevertheless was proud of his history and belonged to the to the to the glorious uh, you know stories of the buddhist ethic that these people were following so so closely now the text goes on and one of the reasons why does this text remain so personal to the radicals among ambedkarites radicals among dalit and i think this is this is what he says i will ambedkar says i would not alter a comma in that speech <laughs> ambedkar says do you want me to remove i will not even remove a comma do what you want to do now you know because this is a this is a serious indictment <laughs> and and i think this radical uh, faith in yourself the confidence to deliver truth to the people who are playing deaf and dumb remains what becomes the part of modern ambedkarite politics there is no compromising they will call out casteist on their face and i think this is the legacy that ambedkar has really uh, laid a foundation an annihilation of caste uh, became when i was growing up whenever i won any competition in my in my neighborhood in my slum that i grew up there were two texts that were given us as a gift one was annihilation of caste of course in marathi and buddha and his dhamma these were the two texts that were very much available to us when we were growing up now annihilation of caste i have read in you know first i read in marathi 
and ambedkar makes so many english references that we don't make sense and i think we should really give a shout out to s anand in this case uh, who has really provided beautiful annotations uh, uh, so of course at times he's also at a slippery slope uh, when he when he kind of picks up on certain ideas which which ambedkar uh, might not necessarily approve of but nevertheless uh, the overwhelming annotations come 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 with the come with the uh, with, with with this persuasion ambedkar says my health and i repeat my health was not equal to the strain it has caused you have to understand ambedkar is in agony this is deeply emotional profoundly uh, a moment of down for him and as well as the the people he believed in this was one chance for the reformers within the uh, hindu canon to listen to this uh, this this great uh, person who they wanted to hear but they lost the faith and and this is where he says he he really and and, and the way i read within this is, is the strain it has caused why did had why has it caused a strain if it was nobody it would not have caused strain but ambedkar believed in some values of this and and that's why he says i have um, i have to i have to i have to think about how my future will lay and and he makes it clear this was will be my first time to be invited and i will comment to a hindu conference because he is very sure he will never be reinvited again he is very he is very confident about that and then he he makes it his 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 makes it he makes it very very clear now ambedkar says there is a relationship which is so tragic the relationship of tragic which is the reformers among the hindus and the self reflecting untouchables he calls them sect ambedkar stands as self respecting self respecting untouchable and you want to reform we we can't meet it's a tragic relationship it's it's never meant to be in the first place so how does then this text become available to public ambedkar goes on to publish on his own uh, uh, with providing uh, this citations and it is widely read across the board ambedkar says and ambedkar has said again i am the most hated man in india now let just that sink in being the most hated man in india when you open newspaper someone has thrown a, a, a wrong accusation against you someone is trying to divide your political organization someone is trying to uh, create a bad publicity for you not least in newspaper but also your opponents and the people uh, who you think might also be your uh, you, your comrades ambedkar says in his beginning of the jata todak mandal address they hate me who hate me the hindus now how can you have a conversation or even begin to have a dialogue with someone who you already know hates you how will you establish a relationship of fraternity how will you establish a relationship of maitri when you already know the person you are speaking to is hating you it takes enormous courage for a person to recognize that and yet believe in the possibility of somewhere little bit tiny humanity in other person who is still hating you you are going into the den of wolves who are there to lacerate you yet ambedkar says i will go is giving a chance annihilation of caste was a chance for the reformist hindu sect to hear even for if it was last time 
and make corrections. They lost it. And the plot since then, as we know, has been losing, giving rise to what we have today in India, the Brahminical Hindutva that is flourishing. By ignoring Ambedkar, by ignoring his clarion call, we have produced a very messed up system that is taking turns into fascism and into worst form of oppression on every sort of dissent. Ambedkar is a dissenter. He is not dissenter of political lineage. He is not a dissenter for socials. He is not a dissenter for the people from the socialist, but he is also a dissenter for the spiritual side of political reformation. He remains a dissenter and in that he is a criminal of a caste society who is being hated again and again. Yet, Ambedkar never visits prison. Ambedkar is never incarcerated. That remains his genius because Ambedkar is smart as well. He can't waste his time going to prisons and showing uh, his, his, his bravado. He has 50 million people and he's the only one. He doesn't have Gandhi like Birlas and, 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 and the Bania enterprises who are going to sponsor uh, your visit. He, he's not Tilak who can go and where you will have a Brahmin supporters writing about you. Amans Ambedkar is in prison. That's it. That's the end story. We can close the books and you will see uh, this, uh, uh, the, the reformers who are hyenas in, in his form would have taken uh, this uh, uh, this uh, this essence from the untouchable struggle. Ambedkar says the Hindus are sick of me. And that's why I have kept away myself from away from them. He's very clear. He's a persona non grata. So uh, audience who's already thinking this person is unworthy. We are hating him. He's persona non grata. And we are sick of him. Why would you, why would you then muster the courage of going? Because he says, and he says, yours, and he says, because you fall into the, uh, into the line of social cause. You're not one who says, let's have freedom and let's figure out. That's a phenomenal question. Ambedkar raised that way before, which is what do you do after colonization or decolonization? What's, what's lying there? Oh, there is decolonizing too. If you would have listened to Fenna more clearly, we perhaps would not have appeared to the stage. He said, okay, it's fine. We have a black republics in Africa. But do we know, is it a guarantee that the African would not turn himself or herself into a tyrant? It was not a guarantee. And he wanted to have this problem solved through, uh, at least in Fenonian or in, in a medical sense, through social reform. And he says, your cause has always appealed to me because you were, you were political, you were social. Now, the political... Conservatives, the Orthodox, Vyomesh Chandra Banerjee, a Bengali Brahmin, Tilak from a Marathi Brahmin. These are the people who say, let us forget about cleaning ourselves. Let's get rid of the British first. Once they are gone, we will figure out our problem. Ambedkar says, hold up, what's happening? How is that possible? How will you have an independence when your system is dividing into thousands and thousands of castes? India has been subject of repeated colonizations be it Mughals, be it Uzbeks, be it Turks, uh, be it Mongols. Why did they come and colonize? Because a Kshatriya is only empowered to fight. And Brahmin, he says, I doubt the loyalty of a Brahmin. Because when they were Mughals, they were administrator in, in, in Mughal Raj. When British came, they became administrator in British Raj. Now, after this will happen, it became a Brahmin Republic. Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru, Kashmiri blue-eyed Brahmin boy, becomes the first prime minister of India. This is the fear that Ambedkar is trying to bring forth. One might have a, a, a progressive politics, 
but one cannot hide the kind of caste census that informs them. So social reformers are also among Brahmins and Ambedkar appreciates them. Ambedkar said, these are the people who are really taking the mantle and fighting against that. And that's why there was a bitter divide among Indian National Congress and Indian Social Congress. They had two conferences alongside each other and the political side was condemning the social reformer group. Social reformer group was saying, we don't need political, we need to first address this issue of caste. What happens in this? Where is this progression of political future life? And I think one possible remedy uh, to this is that the reform that one is expecting uh, to, to bring forward is reform not merely of a tokenized form. And it is, it is here uh, where, where one can see that reform has to be scientific. If it's a social reform, it has, to, it has to rely on how a scientific society will look like. What science means is rationalization. Gopal Ganesh Agarkar, another reformer, atheist of his right from Western Maharashtra, again, Achitpawan Brahmin himself, stands in contrast to people like Tilak because they don't believe in the advancement of science and rationality to have a new nation state. Caste is an irrational, unscientific institution. How can you build an entire nation state on, 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 in, on, in, the, in the absence of science or rationality? Ambedkar said, if you want to bring a new nation, that's why social reform being important. When you will build a nation, it will collapse. And Ambedkar is warning again and again and again. And I think by overlooking this promise of Ambedkar's uh, clairvoyance, uh, we again continue to revisit uh, this text. Now, uh, one of the one of the questions uh, that 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 quite the the Savarna or the dominant caste reformers uh, uh, bring is for them the social reform was about widowry marriage, was about concerning uh, the uh, the, uh, the the child marriage, and widowry marriage and child marriage was a fact mostly concerning to the Savarna community, the people who were uh, what Ambedkar called in a funny way touchable castes. You know, um, and 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 touchable and untouchable here is is living in contra uh, distinction in the sense that uh, who is touchable and who is untouchable. Ambedkar, for him, the touchables are the ones who belong to a community who are really benefiting from the touch of a something pure self, which is again a creation because there is a non-pure self outside. Hindu social reformers from the dominant caste, Rajara, Mohan Rai, and the likes, were concerned about women from their communities. Child marriage and all other issues were meant to follow. Had Savarna women not impacted by this, perhaps they would not have taken the cause, is one school of thought that could argue. Whereas the second, and the Ambedkar is appreciating the social reformers who belong to the second group, which is who want to reform by abolishing, reform the Hinduism by abolishing the caste system. Now, this is a question we see today when the Savarna feminists say, why don't we talk about feminism as opposed to casteism? Well, Ambedkar had already talked about you in 1936 by saying we need to address the issue of caste because caste has the element and essence of female oppression. What gives a man patriarchal right? What makes him the, the part of male order as a lawgiver? It is the protection of caste codes that are given and women in the Hindu scriptures are shudras are the service providing outcasts. And that is evidence uh, from the way women were treated inside as well as the outside house. And, 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 and I think, and I think um, Ambedkar is, 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 not just, is not just providing a overall perspective. 
but also he says that when people talk about economic reforms, because there were third school of thought that came about say, let's have economic reform. Why only political or social? Because man, it's a Marxist interpretation. Man is an, uh, is, is an economic entity. They produces property. One of the uh, sources of power is property. And because man is an economic creature, very much Marxist uh, uh, tone, uh, we should actually address economic reforms. Now, Ambedkar says, it's, it's very interesting. He says, in a country, social status provides power, not your economic status. And how does he prove? He says, Brahmin, they are poor people, but they are still at the top. When you come, when you say poor in the sense of kingly class, they are not monarchs. They are not, they are not at the, at the, at the, at, at the top head. What does that, what does provide them an absolute authority is the social status. So Ambedkar is also concerned, not that he is negating the economic necessity. We all know he is the founder of first labor party in India, uh, which was known as Independent Labor Party. So let that not also be a reason to accuse of him being, being ignorant of uh, the, the in economic interpretation of history, but he's making a point of how social status is the, is the centrality in, in this. And, and, and I think um, when Ambedkar is talking about the reformers, especially the Chaturvarna system, the, the kind of a, a progressive view of caste system, um, which is saying, instead of 4,000 castes, let's have four classes. Brahmins, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and Shudra. Ambedkar says, how is that different than having this multiple thousand castes? And, and, and you know, um, and, and, and he, 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 go, he, goes, he goes to uh, uh, explain that if you're from the dominant caste, you're happy to have that label. You're happy to be a Brahmin because that's, nothing is going to be take, taken away from you. If, if you belong to Kshatriya, again, you are you're harmonious in, 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 in a society. But when we associate this independent classes with a religious code, it becomes pernicious. If they stand alone on their own on the basis of principality of merit, then it's, it's, it's a different question. And Ambedkar says, let a Brahmin by birth not be a priest. We should have exams, all India entrance exams like ICS, Indian Civil Services, and let the people from all castes apply for that and whoever becomes, and they should be the provided by state. Uh, the state should oversee it. He said, let's let's have more approach. And, and of course, that, that, would, that would not have been, that would have been uh, taken uh, different. But the Hindu caste system is based on birth. And that's the fundamental difference. It's not based on your merit. You are born, your caste is given in the womb of your mother. Your mother, uh, even before uh, she, uh, uh, she conceives you, uh, your caste is decided. And that leaves by it. You have, don't have to work to become upper. And you certainly don't have to work to become lower. Uh, your mother's womb uh, is, if you belong to an untouchable womb, is cursed uh, with, that, uh, uh, with, 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 with intergenerational sins that are that are that are uh, graded into her womb and that's how you become untouchable so are people going to recognize a person based on their worth or based on their birth is a question that we need to we need to we need to understand if a person let's say india's current president is a dalit is he given the status because of his birth or because of his worth? This remains, this remains an open question. The Shankaracharya. Is he the Shankaracharya of Hindu religion because of his worth 
or because of his worth the birth and worth is a question that remains fundamentally undivided because everybody kind of almost uh, uh, has a big divide between these two uh, theories and this is not unique of course the birth and worth to indian hindu society or indian society as a whole it's also occurring in other parts of society the only difference in other society is uh, the birth based uh, uh, democratization of that has slightly changed where here it is a strict uh, order that one has to one has to follow so ambedkar says and i quote him so long as the names for example brahmin name ambedkar says the chaturvarna is about names he said what do you need names <laughs> if you need, if you need to have a worth uh you know then you don't need names remove the names brahmin kshatriya but why do you want to have because it comes with a loaded historical uh, supremacy it gives you status it gives you access is the political economy that you can use and you see that happening in india he says the names for example within hindus for so long as this name continue the hindus will continue to think of the brahmin kshatriya vaishya shudra as hierarchical divisions of high and low based on birth and to act accordingly now with the hindus need to unlearn all of this because you can just change the classes but people already know what a brahmin means people already know what a kshatriya means so even though you make a four classes based on merit you are still creating a hierarchical society which is not good for any democratic society to progress because people will still give a reverential status to the brahmin and degrading insults to the person who belongs to the shudra and lower caste and ambedkar then again talks about plebeians and patricians ambedkar gives citations also of the irish home rule uh, movement ambedkar also talks about how different uh, uh, traditions and different historical incidents have dealt with the questions and he gives an example of brahmins he says the responsibilities on brahmins are brahmins ready the plebeians and patricians especially in the roman era where they said okay we'll have a democracy but the oracle the power of the supreme was given to patrician so whenever and and, he, and the patrician uh, you know he was meant to interpret the the god's wishes so whenever plebeians were in majority whenever they went to to present their viewpoints uh, patrician would say oh the according the god doesn't approve with that so even though there was a democracy of the plebeians they, they were given seats but the supreme authority lie with a person who was the final and in this case it was brahmin so can brahmins reform and he says no i mean will a brahmin take the courageous stand to reform himself or herself and it is certainly wrong and and so uh, to to conclude uh, uh, with 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 final three uh, remarks uh, to this text and of course we will go uh, deep into it um, one of the uh, one of the reasons that uh, ambedkar equates chaturvarnya with plato's republic and it's very interesting how 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 plato you know of course we know you know plato's kind of you know um because even if you pigeon hole people into various classes he says it is impossible to accurately classify people into four definite classes because if you make classes you will turn into multiple sub classes it's not going to remain in one because you once you open the possibility of forming into a class you will have sub classes and that's why in india currently there are 12000 sub castes that are existing in india and 12000 subcaste are their own nation state and that's why when we call india as a nation state we need to ask question if with 12000 subcaste sub uh, caste nations existing how can it be a, a, a nation state and again uh, one can point out to ambedkar's constitution who in a very ironical way actually writes 
India's constitution to unite uh, this 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 caste. Now, um, Rama in the in the episode of Ramayana kills Shambuka. Now, Shambuka is a uh, a person uh, who is a shudra Shambuk, uh, and and he says Rama killing Shambuka is part of his Kshatriya duty. He would not have, you know, uh, he says to blame Rama for killing Shambhuka, the Shudra who was, uh, was going, who was excelling in his spiritual practices and would have attained the higher self. He says to blame Rama for killing Shambhuka is to misunderstand the whole situation. It's a very interesting interpretation Ambedkar provides. He says, Ram Raj was a Raj based on Chaturvarna. So if you want to bring Ram Raj, when people say today also Ram Raj, we want to bring, it is basically a caste Raj. It's a, it's, it's a ruling of various castes and, and caste in the sense of supreme, uh, the dominant caste uh, uh, households who remain uh, uh, responsible for running affairs of the country. And when I say household, I really mean households, few households which are running the ruling elite. Maybe they now are Baniyas or, or, or we are Brahmins. Uh, they continue to hold in infinite power compared to the rest of the masses. As a king, Rama was bound to maintain Chaturvarnya. Because that's a responsibility. As if you are part of Chaturvarnya, you have a responsibility to maintain the caste system. And he saw his duty to protect the dharma, to protect the chatur, dharma is Chaturvarnya to kill Shambhuka. So these are the kind of exhortations Ambedkar brings. And then there are people like Professor Radhakrishnan, Sarvapali Radhakrishnan, uh, who, who actually provides a defense of the Hindu order. And Ambedkar says, people say, uh, caste has harmonized society. And why? Because look at us, you know, because there were so many invasions and we still remain strong. The Hindu, the Dharma remained, remained strong. Um, there are many short-lived civilization, but Indian civilization is such a long. Why? It has sustained itself. Claps, claps. It's because of the Chaturvarna system. Now, Ambedkar says, it seems to me the question is not whether a community lives or dies. The question is, on what plane does it lay? There are different modes of survival. What are the different modes of survival? For a Brahmin, it's a different mode. For a Shudra, it's a different mode. For a Banya, it's a different mode. Each have their own interpretations and modes of survival. But not all are equally honorable. For a Medkar, there is a gulf, there is a difference between living and living worthy. Ambedkar prefers living worthy. Worth comes with dignity. Ambedkar's fight is for the dignity. And any self-respecting person, working class, or person fighting for any forms of injustices is seeking the injustice. Finally, to culminate this important text, which has so much that Ambedkar keeps on providing much of citations, is, 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 is to say that if you have to reform Hindu social order, how then to abolish caste? If you really need to, what 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 is is what 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 is what is what is the uh, um, what is the proposition? He says, castes before you abolish, abolish the subcastes. Many people have to understand, caste system is an abstract idea. Subcastes are actual idea. The jatis, jatis is where you are not a Brahmin, you are Saraswat Gaud Brahmin. You are Chitpavan Brahmin. You are Kharde Brahmin. 
you are not just baniya you are marwadi baniya you belong to certain sect of the baniya each sub caste and sub caste also have sub sub castes so he says if you need to address this let's go with the sub caste and you know he gives a very interesting uh, example he says people think that sub caste and caste are the same he says no the brahmins of northern and central india are socially of lower grade compared to the brahmins of the deccan and south india and it's true the south india brahmins especially the shankaracharya is a south indian brahmin they commanded control and you know they, they had ca- access to capital north indian brahmins who became rogue and became fundamentalist in its eventual formulation of what we call hindutva or 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 the brahminical raj had enormous participation of north indian brahmins who were and and, and he says <laughs> the former the north indian brahmins are cooks and water carriers they merely cook the maharaja the name is given so these are not high status brahmins uh, when it comes to uh, social working but the north india when we look at the con- uh, the context of kayast i call them pet brahmin castes or the vaishya they are superior than the people of south and uh, deccan india so to formulate all india definition it's difficult so how do you address this by addressing the issue of sub caste which is very local and which is very abolition so therefore what he says is abolition of sub castes will necessarily lead to abolition of caste ambedkar proposes intercaste marriage but also he sees that uh, there is a problem because just merely interdining and intermarriage uh, will just do he says what he call notional change of mind because for him caste is a state of mind it's not a something that is physically built it's not a barbed wire but it has been in your mind so strong and that's why one of the most striking opponent of this disease was buddha because he went straight to the mind um, buddha worked with the physics physics of mind to really remove people from these barriers that have been uh, created and 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 for me for ambedkar also it is not about man it is also about woman and i quote him he says make every man and woman free from the thraldom of the shastras cleanse their mind of the pernicious notions founded on the shastras or he or she will interdine and intermarry without your telling him to do or do so ambedkar is saying let's liberate both men and women and that's lies the secret recipe of the success of ambedkar tradition to work consistently for the liberation of men and women both and that is how we see annihilation of caste is to liberate the men and women attached attracted affixed within the dangerous uh, consumerist and 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 calumnious uh, culture of caste to abolish caste is then to establish a society which is based on ambedkar's ideal liberty equality and fraternity which he says he doesn't take that from french revolution but from his master the buddha annihilation of caste is also a buddhist text in its way which is secularized in its more profound sense that how we resurrect a society is based on this three fundamental values caste is anti maitri anti friendship is anti fellowship we need to add fellowship to it you need to add fraternity fraternity here means uh, the, the the larger basis of forming a society and for that if you need to have lose the what he says caste is a perpetual lease on life so if you need to remove the perpetual lease of life 
you need to think beyond caste and and for that let's revisit the dynamic the, the dynamic approaches of how we look at hindu dharma hindu shastra and as well as the making of the caste republic what professor anand tilthumani calls is republic of caste where he looks at the neo liberal uh, uh, context of india and as well as the brahminical hindutva that we see today uh, growing and flourishing like poppy seeds in afghanistan thank you